Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, March 26th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I'm on my way to a BFA's Natalie Nowak. Guys, this is normally where we would start the show by saying what happened on Broadway radio over the weekend and ask James how everything went on this week on Broadway. But because of our weird schedules, we're recording before this week on Broadway. So, James, I'm not going to ask you, although since you kind of know what's going to happen, do you want to give a a little preview? Because I think you've got a guest this week, right? Damn you, Tamanini. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there (laughs) There definitely is a guest. Uh, Major Attaway from Aladdin is coming on uh, this week on Broadway. Time is so linear for you, isn't it? Um, time is a time is a flat circle, James. Yes, exactly. So Major Attaway is coming on. Uh, we're talking about his uh, upcoming concert at Green Room Forty Two, uh, and so I suppose that that's going to be a fun discussion. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can talk to a genie, that's fun. Absolutely, that is. Yeah. It's a good thing. Ask just ask him, you know, only three wishes. Don't ask for more and, and an ixnay on wishing for more wishes. Mm, All right. Yeah. A few other things, because our time is is flat circle ish here um, tonight as of Sunday night. Uh, Angels in America is opening on Broadway. We will have reviews on tomorrow's episode since they haven't come out yet. Um, and we'll also probably have, I think, Lobby Hero is opening. And so I guess, James, maybe you and Julie will have reviews for that. Maybe a double review episode if they come out in time. Um, so lots of stuff happening here in the spring season. And then real quick, we do want to mention, since we talked about her her illness, Lorna Leff apparently went through brain surgery last week in Los Angeles. And it was successful. And they are saying that she will be leaving at a Los Angeles hospital here soon. So congratulations to her. We hope for continued good health and recovery from uh, from brain surgery. Anytime you talk about surgery, it's a bad thing. But we throw in a brain surgery. Um, it's very scary. So uh, continued good luck to Lorna Left and uh, everyone in, in, in her family and friends who are along her side. Oh, that's so good to hear uh, that she, uh, it, you know... Successful brain surgery; those are words that are uh, that are Ooh. not not always put together, and so no. we're excited that that is um, happening for her. Although the Angels in America reviews have not come out yet, I've talked to a number of first night reviewers, uh, and while I won't give a review, I'll say get your tickets. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, like, even before it started. Like, I think that's <laughs> that, that that isn't going to be a surprise to anybody. Hmm. All right. Uh, so the Broadway Radio listeners have chimed in a number of times and they want to know, Matt, what is your take on what you've seen oh. so far? So why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a reflection, maybe not reviews, but a little bit of reflection on your Broadway trips. And I'm going to ask you something about Grand Hotel. Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I've had a bunch of people asking me on social media, and I really appreciate that. As I've said on the show and on social media, if I saw things that were early in previews, I, I don't feel comfortable giving them a review in this setting, but I'm totally cool with spilling tea on social media. So things that I saw in early previews are Mean Girls, Carousel, My Fair Lady. Um, those are shows that 
we're only a week or two in. I did see Lobby Hero on Saturday. Uh, that was still in previews technically because it opens tomorrow, but it was in the point where critics were there. So I'm fine talking about that. So I'll talk about that one here in a minute. So nothing for me here on Mean Girls Carousel or My Fair Lady. Although if you head over to Twitter or Instagram, I'll be happy to tell you my thoughts there because one of those things is not like the other and the others are not good. So anyway, so the things that I did see that I can't talk about Hamilton, that's a pretty good piece of theater. You know, it's still good. SpongeBob was interesting for me because I, I think we talked about before. I've never seen an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants on Nickelodeon, so I didn't know what to expect. And James, we've talked before about how if people hadn't talked about how great it was during previews, we would have been completely shocked at how positive the reviews were when it finally came out. That I was the thing that really struck me about SpongeBob is how cohesive of a show it is, considering how many different people wrote for it. All the different songs are written by different pop and rock stars. But I very easily could have been convinced that it was written by one person. Maybe the whole show, the book and the score were written by one person. It was a co completely cohesive, very, very well-crafted show. The, the stage and the set is fantastic. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's not a show that necessarily is up my alley normally, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. And I think that's a, it's a show that if you go in looking to have a good time, you'll probably do it as long as you're not going in trying to be super hypercritical and uh, and and pick things apart. You'll enjoy it. And, I, and if you do have some experience with a cartoon, I, I think that you'll uh, you'll appreciate it even more because I could tell that there were jokes in there that I didn't understand <laughs> because I hadn't seen the cartoon. So that's definitely a, appeals to that kind of generation as well. On Friday, I went over to Theater Row for a Friday matinee of Calamity Jane from Musicals Tonight. And James, I, Musicals Tonight apparently has been around for 20 years. They've done 100 shows. Have you ever been to any of them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, apparently Calamity Jane is the last one. They're they're closing yeah. up shop um, you know, because it's expensive to do these things off-Broadway. But they've done 100 shows. It was the final one. And it really disappointed me that, that the last one – the first one that I saw was the last one they're doing because – it was great. It was so much fun. It's in this little theater in, in Theater Row. I think it was in the Lion uh, Theater, and it was so much fun. The cast was great. You know, I, I really enjoyed it and disappointed that I won't be able to see more there, but hopefully something of that ilk takes its place because it really was a, a great experience. Um, then I saw Grand Hotel, and you want to talk about this. That's a that's a very, very good show. <laughs> and that production, even though it is an encore's concert, um, it was pretty fully staged. I don't know that it could transfer as is to Broadway um, just because it I felt like it needed some pardon the pun, some grandeur because it is Grand Hotel and it didn't have that just because it was just some, you know, it had a very nice staircase and it was elegant, but it probably needs a little bit more, but it's in really good shape. And I don't know if what's going on with this cast, if they have any intention to transfer, I don't know that it would make a lot of money commercially, but maybe a nonprofit could bring it in because it's, uh, it, it was really good. The, the cast was fantastic. James Snyder, he reminded me in this role a lot of like um, Bryce Pinkham, two guys who seem to be able to do it all and can do anything in musical theater, but just have this super clear, forward, pingy, crystalline voice that was fantastic. And Brandon Uranowitz is 
he's a marvel. I mean, I, it, he deserves the two Tony nominations that he got, and I think he'll finally get a win at some point in his career. Uh, Helena York was uh, not as strong as those two, but considering she got thrown into the cast at the last minute, she seemed a little less sure of herself, um, but still very good. So I, I loved it. I think this very easily, if someone wanted to pony up the money, either as, a, as an actual investor producer or from a nonprofit company, I think it could have a pretty strong run on Broadway. So um, I think you answered my question about a about a transfer because just uh, the folks who I talk with about about that have seen it this week are all saying how good it is. It was yeah. It's possibly one of the one of the better encores that have, has ever been on that stage. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Peter, who is a, uh, should I say, scholar on Grand Hotel. It's one of his most favorite shows. Yes. So I'm looking forward to talking yeah. with Peter about this and seeing what he and Michael uh, thought about Grand Hotel over at Encores. You did not get, uh, I'm looking at your schedule here, you did not see Margaritaville. Did, is that right? Or I did. I did not know things uh, just schedule wise moved around and I wasn't able to fit that in. You're not going to uh, be able to ever see it then. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's going to tour. It's going to tour no, either way. I'm oh, no, sure. no. You are never going to see this. You're, okay. <laughs> you are never going to see Margarita. You are, you are but, telling me I'm not allowed to see it or? No, no, no. I'm telling, I'm saying that the uh, window of opportunity, you have missed it. <laughs> uh, but the thing, uh, the correlation between Margaritaville and SpongeBob is that we have two volcano eruptions on Broadway. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so, and so it's been this, it's been this season of uh, pair of pairs of different things that are totally random. That you know, I can't remember mm-hmm. the last time we had a volcano eruption on Broadway, and now we have two of them. And you have two. One of them is with bubbles and one of them is with negative reviews. Um, so anyway. Um, all right. So finishing up what I've seen, I saw yesterday on Saturday was my four show day. I started my day off with Frozen over at the St. James Theater. And I said this on Twitter. I don't know if it's because I'm from the theme park capital of the world, but I loved Frozen. I thought the first act was perfect like i would not have changed a thing i thought the new songs were integrated well um i think by the fact that they put let it go at the end of act one that shrunk what actually happened in act two so there wasn't as it felt like act two was stretched a little bit um but i thought it was great like i don't understand a lot of the negative reviews i mean i understand that i mean i understand them it just to me i thought it was fantastic i i really enjoyed it and i thought it was a very very well done show so there's one re- positive review and my favorite theater critic sarah holdren seemed to like it more than a lot of the other critics but um so i thought it was great then i went down to la poison rouge to see cruel intentions the musical i don't know how much longer that's running i i, I know it's closing up shop here soon it might be next weekend but that was so much fun i absolutely Loved it. Lauren Zacharin is amazing. Constantine uh, Rusuli is great as well. Everybody in that cast, even uh, Frankie J. Grande was tons of fun. It's that's the kind of thing that you expect to be downtown and in a place like uh, La Poison Rouge. It was just for someone of my age who was in high school when all those songs came out. It was so, so, so much fun. Then I went up to the Hayes. uh, Let me interrupt you for a second. It looks like uh, Cruel Intentions runs through April 8th. And they have a Sunday fun day promotion, so uh, you can get over to cruelmusical.com to uh, to check out that special 
gig. Yeah, and there's uh, <laughs> I said this on Twitter as well. Um, no one prepared me for the fact that Lauren Zacharin has like a 90s music version of Rose's turn towards the end of the show. <laughs> it, it's very, very funny and so good. So I, I love that. Then, I, like I said, I went over to the Hayes and saw uh, Lobby Hero. That's a really, really good show. And I'm going to pull out my playbill because I don't exactly remember. Uh, I want to make sure I get her name right. The, the one actor in the whole show that I don't know is Belle Pauly. Um, she's the the one woman in the show. She is fantastic. She's going to get some sort of nominations and, and possibly even some wins because she is really good, as are Michael Sarah and Brian Tyree Henry. Chris Evans is a sleazebag in this, um, which is a little weird when you think of, of Captain America and this. He's the smaller of the four roles in the show, but it's it's in really, really good shape. That's a great show. So I think the reviews for that are going to be very good. It feels so timely. Like it was written, I believe, in the early 2000s, and I'm sure it went through some renovations or not renovations, some updates for this run. But it feels so relevant to today that I think it's going to be very good, uh, very good reviews. And then finally, so far, I went over to the McKeetrick Hotel late last night and saw Flight. I don't I hesitate to call this a, a theatrical show because there aren't any live actors. And I don't want to spoil much about what it is because I went in thinking I knew what it was and I was completely wrong. But if you have a chance to go over to, to see Flight and it's just 45 minutes, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And I guarantee you, you've never seen anything like it. Um, it's a basically it's based on a uh, book called Hinterlands that is um, following two boys who are refugees from Afghanistan trying to get to London. And it is um, it's it's remarkable. I literally you've never seen anything like it. and I don't want to spoil it because I wasn't spoiled. I thought I knew what I was getting myself into and I was completely wrong. But it's uh, it's really, really worth uh, the time to head down to the McKeetrick to see it. Uh, so let's talk about Frozen for a second. Um, yes. Some of the major reviewers out there, um, uh, as you mentioned, were not so favorable. Um, but one of the major reviewers out there also wrote that the show is critic proof and that, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, we can see it already on the secondary market that tickets are very hard to get for Frozen. Uh, and that I don't think that I've read it. This in the Broadway press, but it was in Variety that their uh, Frozen Two is being worked on right now. They've already written a handful yeah. of uh, of songs and they're working on it. And you know, given that the Lion King movie had seven or eight different incarnations of it, <laughs> uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're doing yeah. another Frozen. Uh, I wonder if the second Frozen will make it to a to another Broadway <laughs> stage to compete against Frozen One, and maybe we'll be have a Frozen section of Broadway. You know? Yeah, I mean, kind of like uh, Angels in America. They could do it in rep and do it back and forth, or like Love Never Dies. If they ever get that to Broadway, you could have the two Phantoms going against the two Frozens. I think that would be great. Well, would would um. Uh, let me think about this because it, it makes sense that maybe Nathan Lade would he play Elsa or Anna? Uh, why not both? This is true. <laughs> kind of like uh, when Alan Cumming did that one person Hamlet. Macbeth. 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 Oh, yeah. Macbeth. That's right. One Pro person. Produced by Ken Davenport. Oh, was it? Yep. Huh, look at that. <laughs> anyway, 
So let's move forward into our show and casting news. Uh, Kelly Barrett joins getting the band back together. Look at that transition. Oh, heaven, heaven help her. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the, the Ken Davenport and company announced the complete casting for the upcoming musical Getting the Band Back Together on Broadway. Um, in addition to Mary Lou Henner, Mitchell Jarvis, uh, Paul Witte, and other Tamika Lawrence that have already been announced. The main takeaway from this cast announcement is that Kelly Barrett is going to be joining the show which begins preview performances on July 19th uh, over at the Blasco Theater with an opening set for April or for I'm sorry for August 13th. Um, it's uh, they've got the whole cast. We'll have that listing in the show notes at broaderradio.com. Tad Wilson, who's uh, who's great. I've seen him in a number of things. He's uh, in the ensemble as well. I, I do feel a little bad for Kelly Barrett uh, as this is her third or uh, her third original Broadway show. She was a Nessa Rose replacement in Wicked. That that show's doing well. Um, but uh, her third musical that she's originating a role in, the other two were Baby It's You and Dr. Zhivago. So, um, yeah. Hoping for better ones for her because she's hilarious. If you ever, it, her and her husband, Jared Spector, are great follows on Instagram. Uh, so if you're not following them, do that. But Either way, good good luck to her. Um, going to some things that are having a little bit more luck. Uh, on Friday, it was announced that a letter to Harvey Milk has extended off-Broadway. It was originally set to run just through May 13th over at the, as previously mentioned, Theater Row. Uh, and so far, it's been extended through June 30th. Uh, so it got a, a nice month-and-a-half extension based off of strong reviews and, and strong ticket sales. So if you haven't seen that one yet and you are, are looking to definitely head over to that, it's based on uh, a, a, it's set around a letter to Harvey Milk, the first openly gay politician in the United States. It's uh, it's done really well. And the reviews have been fantastic for that. And then uh, talking about something we've a show, we had a whole episode on Caitlin had earlier this year. Uh, Drew Drogi is going to be returning to bright lights and bold, bold patterns off Broadway because it was announced that Broadway HD will be filming uh, the this show and presenting it there. Drew Drogi, who wrote and originally starred in it, is going to be returning for just a few days from April 5th through um, April 9th. That will be closing the five-month run off-Broadway. Broadway HD will be filming it, and it will be available on their streaming service sometime fairly soon after that. Um, if you would like to um, get more information on this final run, you can go to www.brightcolorsandboldpatterns.com slash brightpass. Uh, currently, Jeff Hiller is in the show, and he will be until Drogi returns to do that final little five-day stretch for Broadway HD. All right. Next up in the news, Actors' Equity announces a new harassment prevention committee. Yeah, on, on Friday, Actors' Equity has approved or announced that they have approved a formation of a new committee, which will be chaired by Equity President Kate Schindel and dedicated to preventing sexual harassment and workplace hostility in the theater. Uh, Schindel said, quote, our, employee, our employers have an obligation under federal law to ensure that everyone can go to work without the fear that they will be harassed. We take that obligation very seriously, and this new committee will endeavor to make sure that every equity workplace is free from harassment and bullying. The new committee will help the organization develop additional forward-looking strategies to eradicate harassment and bullying in the theater. Uh, Actors' Equity increased efforts to prevent harassment and bullying in 2016 when its National Council passed a resolution affirming a commitment to more actively pursue claims of harassment that are made and presented to them. That same year, Equity partnered with the Actors' Fund to develop a training program to help Equity staff respond to members who had questions or complaints about harassment. Obviously, this is something that has been very much in the spotlight in the news lately and 
it's you know I I'm a little surprised to be honest with you that there wasn't something within equity uh, within equities um, set up already to address things like this. But anytime you can get something more uh, focused and concrete to deal with some of these issues, the better. And I think Kate Schindel with her experiences um, in all types of, of venues and especially with the work she's already been doing with um, with the Miss America organization to try to clean that up as well. I think she's the perfect person to head this type of committee and, and I hope that they can come up with some sort of concrete stratagems on how to deal with things in the future and maybe not only deal with people that have been harassed, but maybe even find ways to kind of prevent that uh, from happening before it gets to the point of something having to be reported to equity. It's uh, interesting to see um, uh, how things have fallen into place in the last uh, couple of years. Um, some might say, you know, it's it's kismet that um, that Kate is the head of equ- is the president of equity right now. Uh, while this is all happening. Um, and we see what's happened with the march this weekend uh, all around the world, not just in Washington, D.C. and in yeah. major cities, but all around the world, that that all these leaders have emerged and uh, huge amounts of social change are happening. I'm just so thankful that people like Kate and the students uh, that are leading the march have all stepped into these roles and are taking on these very difficult topics it is, and they're going to need our need everybody's support uh, in order to make change here. And I think this, this is a great thing for everybody involved. What do we have in the recommendation section? Well, basically, the recommendations, you kind of led into it pretty well here, James. Um, I, I want to talk about the different Broadway performers that performed at March for Our Lives. Um, we've got some videos in there. Uh, the, the main one, of course, which we've already talked about is Lin-Manuel Miranda um, and, and Ben Platt. Uh, performing found tonight at March for Our Lives. It was I I was out and about on during the day, so I didn't get to see a lot of the coverage of the march, but I've been able to see some of these videos. Um, it's just really remarkable that Jennifer Hudson uh, also performed in Jennifer Hudson's ridiculous no matter what she's doing, but it was even more powerful because of the reasons um, that they were performing. Jennifer Hudson performed The Times There Are a Changing from uh, Bob Dylan. She had this full choir in the background of her. Um, it's, you know, it's like you said, it's it's really overwhelming to kind of see the support and the people taking a stand um, for these types of things because it's become a broken record every time we hear about a school shooting or uh, or any kind of mass shooting or these bombs in Austin, Texas. The fact that there are so many people across the country and across the world who have decided that that was enough and that they don't want to see this happening again and they're going to make their voices heard and to do it in this way was remarkable. And, of course, we always love seeing um, Broadway people lend their voices to these things. In addition to these folks that were performing, I can't tell you my entire social media feed yesterday was people who are at various rallies, whether the ones here in New York or in Washington, D.C., and just speaking up and speaking out in one way or another. So we'll have the videos to those in the show notes at broaderradio.com. But congratulations and thank you to everybody who went out to one of the marches, wherever it was, um, in Peoria, Illinois, or 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 Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, thank you for that. And, and we uh, applaud your efforts and and hope that they, you know, add something to the discussion and move some people's hearts and minds and potentially some even some politicians' votes. 
Uh, and what do we have here on Rylance? Oh, okay. Um, there's uh, there was a great article um, in uh, uh, Vox.com that talked about Mark Rylance and that he's not just that guy from Bridge of Spies and talked about how he is one of the greatest living actors in the world and explained why, you know, Vox does all these explainer articles. Um, so if you haven't seen that, head over to that. Vox doesn't do a whole lot of, of theater coverage. So to be able to have uh, a nice uh, uh, look at a pre- predominantly theater actor's uh, career and talents is uh, is always a good way to start your week off. All right. So uh, Natalie. Tell us about this week's theatrical schedule. Well, first up, uh, as Matt mentioned earlier, Angels in America opens tonight at the Neil Simon Theater. It's been 25 years since this play's first Broadway run, and it's back after a successful run in 2017 at London's National Theater. Nathan Lane and Andrew Garfield star in this production. Next, Second Stage Theater's Lobby Hero opens on Broadway tonight at the Helen Hayes Theater. A young security guard with big ambitions clashes with his stern boss, an intense rookie cop, and her unpredictable partner. This play was written by Kenneth Lonergan, the 2017 Oscar-winning writer of Manchester by the Sea. Chris Evans and Michael Sarah star in this production. The Barrow Group's A Walk in the Woods opens off Broadway tonight. Stemming from an actual incident in Geneva in 1983, this story is about what happened when a Soviet and an American diplomat took a walk in the woods together during arms control talks. This provocative two-character drama by Lee Blessing was a finalist for the 1987 Pulitzer Prize. This production will run through April 15th. On Tuesday, the public theater's production, Mlima's Tale, begins previews. Mlima's Tale is the story of a magnificent elephant trapped in the clandestine international ivory market. This production is set to open on April 15th. The original Broadway production, Summer, the Donna Summer Musical, begins previews on Wednesday at the Lund Yeah! Sorry. It's okay. At the Lundfontan Theater, told through the dramatic lens of her final concert, this production charts the life of Donna Summer, the undisputed queen of disco, from her modest Boston childhood to international stardom. Tony Award winner LaShans from The Color Purple, Ariana DeBose from Hamilton and A Bronx Tale, and newcomer Storm Lever play Donna Summer at various points throughout her life. This production will officially open on April 23rd. Matt, did you have Donna Summer in your final four? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but she had as, just as good of a chance of making it to the final four as any of the teams that I actually picked. No, I actually did have uh, Michigan in my final four, and I had Villanova. <gasps> you had Michigan. Oh. How, how could you possibly have Michigan oh. in your final four, yeah, because, being from Ohio be, State? Is it the pragmatic no, side of Matt? Yeah, I, I like to win, and I thought okay. they were going to go to the final four, and they are. <laughs> um, at Villanova, I have also got Villanova. Um, who could go as of uh, Sunday, they could make it. But I also had Arizona winning uh, the entire thing, and they lost on the very first day of the tournament. So what do I know? Kansas Duke. <laughs> Oof. All right, keep going. It's enough as well. Right. <laughs> Paper Mill Playhouse's The Sting opens on Thursday. Based on the 1973 Academy Award-winning film, The Sting tells the tale of a pair of con men, Johnny Hooker and Henry Gondorf, who plot to bring down Chicago's most corrupt racketeer. The Tony Award-winning creative team includes director John Rando, choreographer Warren Car- Carlyle, book writer Bob Martin, and an original score by composer and lyricist team Mark Hallman and Greg Kotis. The Sting will run through April 29th. The original Broadway production of Three Tall Women opens on Thursday. Three Tall Women is a portrait of a woman in life's final act and Edward Albee's most personal work. Three Tall Women made its New York debut at the Vineyard Theater in 1994, and in that year, it won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. Laurie Metcalf, Glenda Jackson, and Allison Pill star in this production. 
Travesties, a roundabout theater company Broadway revival, begins previews on Thursday. It's Tom Stoppard's thrill ride through the worlds of art and revolution in 1917 Switzerland and in the maze of one man's memory. Olivier nominee Tom Hollander leads the cast. Travesties will officially open on April 24th. Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert is premiering on NBC this Sunday. The cast features John Legend, Alice, Alice Cooper, and Sarah Bareilles. Oh, and on my way to a BFA friend slash Heart School alum, Christine Dwyer is also part of the cast in the ensemble. Awesome. Had to give a shout out. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah. Now moving on to this week's closings. Vineyard Theaters, the Amateurs, will close on Thursday. The Public Theaters, Kings, will close on Sunday. The Los Angeles premiere of Allegiance at the Aratani Theater will also close on Sunday. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt. And come on over and ask me questions there. Uh, Natalie Wick, we find you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Natalie underscore Nowak. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And uh, Julie and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 